Welcome to Stories of Terra, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everywhere in between. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe where in every story there is always something amusing. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Terra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of it as an audiobook of League stories and lore by yours truly, and I am thrilled to say that I am back to my full capacity for the most part, and we can get back to our regular schedule. This week's story is completely not because I forgot to release the episode last night. Yumi, the magical cat. So just assume that there was some time dilation when she was trying to jump from one to the other and traveling through the pages of time, and now we've got the story. <laughs> oh, and I forgot. I need to do my terrible impression. Cats are made of twilight and tricks. Dogs are made of barks and sticks. Books, just old trees. A magical cat from Bandal City, Yumi was once the familiar of a Yordle enchantress, Nora. When her master mysteriously disappeared, Yumi became the keeper of Nora's sentient Book of Thresholds, traveling through the portals in its pages to search for her. Yearning for affection, Yumi seeks friendly companions to partner with on her journey, protecting them with luminous shields and fierce resolve. While Book strives to keep her on task, Yumi is often drawn to worldly comforts, such as naps and fish. In the end, however, she always returns to her quest to find her friend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And much like Yumi, I have um was a little distracted by we'll say uh worldly comforts last night after a long week finishing up the uh week before my Thanksgiving break as a teacher. It's been a little bit wild and it was a very kind of a crazy night with the kiddos and so sorry that I didn't get the episode recorded. But here we go. Wanted to thank uh and give a shout out to everybody who's been dropping reviews and messaging me on Instagram and uh, I guess it's really just Instagram. A couple of folks, you guys on Twitter. I don't do a lot on TikTok, so there's not a lot of communication there, which is totally fine. But thanks for you guys who are reaching out. And thank you so much for the um, reviews you've been giving me in Apple Podcasts and Google and um, across the board. It's just been incredible. I really appreciate it and I'm humbled. And I picked Yumi this morning because I have my children running around me, so it'll just be a little fourth wall breaking, perhaps, if you hear children chime into the podcast. Welcome to the family. <laughs> and now, on with our story. In the outlands of Bandle City, there was once a wooded glen where the moon moths glimmered and the riverbanks overflowed with rainbow fish. 
In a cottage nestled between the verdant trees lived a yordle enchantress named Nora with her cat, Yumi. Born with magical powers of protection, Yumi enjoyed a life of leisure for many years, pouncing on sunbeams and napping beneath the mouse trees. Whenever adventure sparked her interest, she joined Nora on explorations across the material and spirit realms. Nora spent her time collecting strange objects like broken cups, shards of colored glass, and fabric with funny stitching. She examined each artifact with deep reverence, though Yumi never understood their purpose. Nevertheless, Yumi would use her magic to protect Nora from harm and would warm her feet when they returned home. The doorways between realms are finicky and seldom open, even to creatures as dexterous as cats. Yumi watched as other yordles waited for days for the eastern star to align with a particular stone archway or waited impatiently between marsh lilies, seeking a silver blossom blooming from the mud. Only then would a pathway appear. But Yumi's yordle, Nora, possessed the powerful Book of Thresholds, which allowed her to instantly travel anywhere depicted in its pages. When Nora opened a portal, she and Yumi would gleefully dive into its glowing paper and arrive at their destination, joined a moment later by the book. Yumi never paid attention to the book until one starless night when she returned home from luring moon moths with her shiny light to find Nora missing. She saw the book on her master's desk and flipped through the pages in a panic, noticing that some were torn out entirely. Unable to read its title, Yumi cried out to it in distress, calling it simply Book. In response, the book wiggled, and Yumi was surprised to learn she could understand thoughts amidst the rustling paper. Despite not having a voice, Book made itself loud and clear. Yumi learned that Nora had gone somewhere so perilous she had destroyed the portal as she traveled. Yumi knew she had to rescue Nora and turned to Book for help. Each of its thousand pages led to a different location along the lines of magic that crossed the material and spirit realms. The page Nora had used to travel was lost, but Book might be able to get them close. Yumi and Book would have to explore every possible threshold. She became Book's unlikely keeper, vowing to protect it with the courage of a lion. If it fell into wrong hands, the doorways to Bandle City could be open to all kinds of unsavory and ravenous intruders. Yumi and Book began their arduous journey, visiting dangerous and unfamiliar lands. Yumi sought Nora's scent on the wind, to little avail. While Yumi would sometimes break from their search to follow the scent of a mouse or restore her strength with a quick catnap, Book was frustratingly cautious, grumpy over lost time and nervous about threats they might encounter. Nevertheless, Yumi and Book were both determined to find their master and bring her home. When Yumi especially missed Nora, she often sought out other companions. One of her favorites was a door-carrying shepherd with thick whiskers and a deep laugh like a babbling brook. Yumi rested on his shoulders for a time, protecting him from angry snow spirits stirring up flurries in a hailstorm, while he brought her wriggling fish. Eventually, Yumi uncovered the scent of her master lingering in a vast shuriman ruin. Digging deep into the sand, she unearthed a broken shard of blue pottery that looked like a piece of one of Nora's teapots. Before she could burrow further, a ferocious beast surfaced from the sand, and Yumi and Book barely escaped. She could only imagine the chaos if a creature like that ripped its claws into Book's pages. 
Though unlikely companions, Yumi and Book have become fast friends, united by their love for Nora. Yumi continues to search everywhere for signs of her master, so she can someday return to her life of napping in the sun by Nora's side. Today's story is entitled The Biggest Catch by Raelia Hyde. My yordle Nora snores into the pages of my friend book. My tail twitches as dozens of moon moths sail in and through the open window like floating lanterns, and I leap joyfully into the air. I'm not caring if I catch one. I bounce higher and higher, batting at the moon moths as they drift all around me. One of them bends and turns inside itself lashing about until it twists in the shape of a mackerel. Around me, the other moon moths spin in midair, all transforming into floating fish. <gasps> Delicious! Until the whole world turns upside down. Books cascade up from shelves, landing on the ceiling with dozens of thuds. My Nora floats upward, still asleep. The fish flounder in every direction as we fall up, up, up. <laughs> I wake up, blinking sleepily in a wooden box as moonlight shines through the slats. How in a mouse's house did I get here? Oh. Yes, the tasty stink of fish fills my nose, and I remember prowling the streets of Bilgewater, finding a crate of dried fish, then eating my fill before falling into a deep belly full sleep. Before I can get comfy again, my stomach lurches and I'm knocked onto my side. Dozens of dried fish fall on top of me, just like my dream, and my stomach purrs. A book flutters in the corner as it tries to edge away from the falling fish. It's always hinting that food is bad for its pages. I think dried up trees would be much improved with the smell of fish, but book knows much more about dried up trees than I do, so I don't argue. I peek through the cracks between the slats, and the floor beneath us creaks and shifts a while. In the distance, moonlight flickers on the surface of the... Ocean? <gasps> Book, why? I cry. Naps never lead to bad things. Book opens and closes in exasperation. I don't do water, and neither does Book. I start to panic. Book rustles, reminding me not to worry. <gasps> but it's too late. I scratch and scramble at the wood in desperation, and I shred some of the dried fish by accident. This ocean is making me destroy my yummiest snack. It's the worst part of the water. I paw at Book's cover, opening it to the first to a frost-tinged frost first frost-tinged portal that will take us far away from this watery nightmare. We have to escape somewhere, anywhere, even somewhere cold. I'm about to jump into Book's portal when I hear a scream that sounds like a tinkling bells on the brightest rainbows. A scream that makes my fur stand on end. A yordle scream. I peek through the slats in the crate and watch as two human sailors drag a blue-furred yordle to the edge of a bustling ship's deck. One of them has black chin whiskers and the other is chubby, and both are smirking. They step over rope stacks of harpoons, fishing poles, spears, and coils of thick fishing wire. Must be a deep-sea monster hunter, too. Oh, this little one's gonna fish us to prize gulper fish, eh? The first sailor says. I hear the biggest fish love yodel meat, says the chubbier sailor. Never tried it before myself. Not a lot of yodels round bilge water. The blue-furred yordle squeals and struggles against them. I'm not bait! 
he exclaims, squeaking with each word. I beg you, please, please release me. The sailors don't budge. The whole ship tilts as a particularly large bump shakes my crate. Ah, that'll be the first fish now. About time to fill our boat with gulper fish, says the first sailor, grinning. I don't like his grin. An enormous fin circles our boat, making lion-sized waves that bash the side of our ship. I feel Book tugging at me. I know it wants to use the escape through a portal to get away from the bad water right now before anyone sees us, but I hear the yordle cry out. I stick my paw through the slats in the crate and open the crate's latch. I won't leave a yordle alone to die, not after losing my Nora. The sailors watch the fin thrash around in the water. They don't notice me as I leap from my crate like the quietest tiger and stalk them from behind. The poor yordle is tied with a long fishing pole, which the sailors are dangling over the ocean. The water beneath them is bubbling and frothing. How does water always move in the worst ways? I jump over the pile of harpoons and the book follows, flying next to me and nervously flapping its pages as it hovers in the air. They see us. Is, is that a purple raccoon with a flying book? Says one of the sailors. I think it's a baby bear with a journal, says another. No, you idiots, it's just a cat, says a third. Get it! The sailors rush at me, but I dart swiftly between their feet, unfurl a coil of magic that twists and tangles around their legs. They trip and topple like cups on a table. I perch on the ship's railing next to the fishing pole, unsure what to do next. The waves swirl below us and my hunting instinct kicks in. Something's gonna pounce. Untie me! shouts the yordle as he clings to the fishing rod. I'm not a piece of bait! This is quite strange and embarrassing! Luckily for him, I'm not afraid of fish, even if I don't like water. I bound onto the fishing pole. In the midst of the cat's leap, sometimes si time slows. With my paws splayed out like pancakes and wind rushing through my fur over the terrible water, I am determined to save this yordle with everything I've got. Besides, mid-leap, there's no going back. Don't worry, small blue yordle, I shout. I got you. The yordle's fate and mine intertwine as I land on its shoulder, with Book right behind. The fishing pole wobbles under our weight. The biggest fish I've ever seen. A third the size of the boat burst from the sea with its mouth gaping open. Hundreds of teeth glistening in the moonlight. Its jaws open so wide it could swallow a pair of cows even without chewing them up. Even in the dark with my shiny light I can see its skin is made up of pointed razor sharp scales of silver and violet. The giant gulper fish swallows us whole. The yordle book and me and even a bit of the fishing pole with room to spare. We jostle against the roof of the fish's mouth as it falls back into the water. It's pitch black and smells like old seafood. Before it can gulp us down, though, I balloon open a magical shield that bubbles around us, lodging us in the fish's leathery gullet. I blink on my shiny light again, illuminating some seriously rotten teeth that explain the awful smell. The yordle squeals at the sound. The fish lashes about, and the three of us are thrown in every direction, protected by the impermeable bubble. What a strange way to make new friends. I try to open the book so the three of us can escape, but the gulper fish leaps into the air once more and we're tossed into a heap inside the bubble. I fall with a thud. The fish must have landed on the ship's deck. I hear the sailors shouting as the enormous gulper thrashes back and forth, slapping them with his tail. I hear a splash, and another, and another. The humans must have been knocked into the water. Still stuck in the throat of the gulper fish, I flip book open to a portal that shimmers with the dusky green of Bandle City the green of home. 
I grab the small yordle shirt with my teeth and dive into the page. The portal widens and we spin into the spirit realm, dizzy and whirling into a jumble of colors. We emerge, coughing, on the banks of a shallow creek. My lungs fill with the sweet air of Bandal City. Thick and lush is my dream. Sapphire blue crickets chirp in the twilight as the brook babbles gently, full of fish. Normal-sized fish. Book flaps its pages to dry off. The blue-furred yordle stands up, dripping and shaking. What was that? How did we escape? He asks. Wasn't the nearest Bilgewater portal back on the docks? Luckily for us, Book carries our portals around wherever we go, I say. Book twirls, showing off its dried-up tree pages, each inscribed with a magical gateway outlined in ink and paint. Well, uh, thank you for saving me, both of you, says the yordle. He looks at Book curiously. Uh, Is this where you're from, too? Yes, but we don't live here anymore, I say. I look at Book, sadly, thinking of Master. Book flutters. I know it thinks that it's time to move on. Do you know how to get home from here? I ask the yordle. Yes, yes, just past the hill up on the bowl, moles. I know this meadow well, and I do hope you do find your yordle, he says before wandering off. I stay for a moment watching as the gloaming turns to daybreak. I catch a glimpse of a moon moth hovering on the horizon, and I long to pounce on it. But I remember that Nora's still lost somewhere, perhaps waiting for us to rescue her this very minute. I pat Book as gently as I can with my paw. I know it misses her too. And then I open it up to a new page and dive in. Well, there you go. And uh, the reflection on today's episode is not that hard at all. Go read a book. Uh, books are incredible. I just read a book by Karen Swallow Pryor called On Reading Well that was really good. I'm currently listening to a, bell, a book called The Ember Wars by Richard Fox, which is like a really neat take on some sci-fi stuff. Um, on Reading Well is about learning how to be a better person through reading books Uh, and I just started a new book which is all about 17 equations that have changed the uh, course of human history a little bit of a nerd on all sides so yeah find something to read I really like reading the daily stoic that's another one I really like by Ryan Holiday Um, but yeah find a good story to get lost in Uh, especially it's a book hey I'm a teacher you're gonna hear me tell you to read books reading's important. Anyway, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll catch you next week. Remember, if there's a particular champion that we haven't done yet uh, or a short story that you would like me to read, hit me up on Instagram, TikTok, or um, Twitter, even though Twitter's on fire right now. No comments. Uh, (laughs) Hit me up on any of those and let me know if there's a champion you want to do. Or you can even uh, message me on Anchor. Email me at Spotify or um, email me at stories of Frontera podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you guys on the flip side.